Welcome to The Bomar Show. We are your hosts, Josh and Sarah Bomar. We hope this podcast will motivate, educate, and entertain you. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Bomar Show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And today is episode 13, and we are going to be going over the top 11 fitness myths, and we're going to debunk each and every one of them. So you guys submitted these via Instagram. We put up a post asking what you guys wanted us to quote unquote debunk or even prove a fitness myth that you might've heard, read, seen, any of the sorts. So we do have 11, like Josh mentioned, and I'm going to list them all. That way, if you guys want to skip ahead to a specific one, you're more than welcome to. And in the show notes below, we will have each myth listed out as well as the time in which it starts. So if you want to skip ahead, you're more than welcome to. All right. So the 11 myths, eat more small meals per day, ramps up your metabolism. Carbs make you fat. Late night eating makes you fat. Anabolic window. Do I have to count calories because I eat healthy? Intermittent fasting puts you into starvation mode. Women should or shouldn't train differently than men. You shouldn't do cardio if you're trying to build muscle. You have to confuse the muscle for it to grow. Turning fat into muscle and muscle into fat. And finally, women shouldn't lift weights because they'll get bulky. That is a hefty list. It's a long list, but from all of our years on social media, I would 100% agree that these are the most common things that we see being asked of us to elaborate on. Yeah, let's dive right in. So So the first one is, should I eat more small meals per day to ramp up my metabolism? Actually, you know, this was pretty popular in the industry, the fitness industry for a long time. Six and, small meals a day. Well, and, and again, I, you'll, I'll be guilty of encouraging people to do the same thing. And there is a place for that, and I'll get into that. But where this came from was people realized whenever they ate food and science showed that every time you ate, you had a metabolic boost. So where you burned a little more calories. And this was from the thermic effect of food. So your body obviously needed to uh, burn calories in order to... Uh, break down calories and process this food so so your body digesting food does burn calories yeah it 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 does it so it takes energy to do that so everyone's like well shoot if i eat you know six meals a day then i'm gonna get six metabolism boosts per day that and then i'll ramp up my metabolism i should just have 12 meals per day i should have 34 meals meals per day my metabolism's (laughs) on fire well and so where this kind of came from um there was i think a study i can't remember where it was but they they did a study up to 17 meals actually and what they found was this metabolism boost was in direct proportion to the size of the meal. So the smaller the meal, the smaller the thermic effect. The larger the meal, the larger the thermic effect. So the meat sweats. Yeah, like if you've felt this, like you're so hot after you eat like Mm -hmm. a massive meal. So what they did is they took a bunch of people and they get they took 2,000 calories and they divided it up into one meal all the way to six meals. And I think they even went up to 17 meals. And what they found was the thermic effect was all the same at the end of the day. 
So either eating one meal of 2000 calories or six meals totaling 2000 calories or 17 meals totaling 2000 calories, that same person still burned the same number of calories digesting food, no matter how their meals were split up. Correct. And so where this can actually play a role is, is if you're trying to build muscle. Now I know intermittent fasting can have growth hormone effects and, and you can get some benefits there, but, but we like, don't really recommend intermittent fasting if you're trying to build. Right. And so this is why, and it's because whenever you eat protein, you get a protein synthesis spike. And so if you, in that spike, you know, if you get six spikes, and I'm using air quotes right now, <laughs> if you could see me, uh, that's what I'm doing. If you get six spikes throughout the day, you may get a tiny benefit of building a little bit more muscle than if you condensed everything into one meal. But I mean, it, the percent difference is so probably small that I wouldn't um, think that it makes that big of a difference. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that eating six meals per day is wrong. You know, I actually do that a lot if I'm sitting around the house or it's not a busy day because I'll I'll get bored. And, a bored mind is a hungry mind. Yeah, so I'm like, if I eat six small meals per day, I'm less likely to overeat on one large, massive meal. And But if you are eating six meals a day and you binge eat at night, then you're going to be in a, in a world of hurt. I think it's super important too, that it's whatever you can do that's sustainable and fits your daily activities. Because some people are super busy at work and then they stress out because, oh, I need to eat six meals a day or else I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. The cortisol that your body is releasing from the stress <laughs> of not eating those six meals is like setting down a dime to pick up a nickel. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I would agree. So I, I don't want to spend too much time on each one of these myths, but just understand, guys, the research out there is showing there does there is not a big difference between eating one meal or six meals as long as you're not overeating in your calories. I think that's the most important part is you create that energy deficit, which will eventually you'll burn more fat. Absolutely. Okay. Myth number two, carbs make you fat. So <laughs> well, dramatic. <laughs> well, it's you, you see this a lot. And, you see and, it a lot. And that's because carbs are direct linked to insulin. And insulin is the, the culprit, you know, is the guilty party for fat gain, according to a lot of, you know, research out there. And that's because, you know, insulin's job is to open cells and, and allow fat to get in or protein or carbs or or whatever. So so that's kind of where, okay, well, carbs spike insulin the most. So that obviously means it will cause me to gain the most fat. But you can't beat the energy balance there. So, I mean, at the end of the day, well, it's... Calories equal energy. Yeah, calories yeah. equals energy. So if you are eating more calories and eating tons of fat and protein, then, then and have no carbs at all, you're still going to gain more weight. Weight. So I, even if I'm on keto or low carb, I can still gain weight. That's what you said. Absolutely. Even if I have zero carbs in my diet, I can still be overweight if I am overeating. Now, where this can take an effect is is if you're not digesting carbs very well and you're, you're kind of, you, you get a lot of gas when you eat carbs and you're causing tons of indigestion, then there could be, there could be like potential, potential harmful effects happening from that, like I don't know, like well, your inflammation in your body and just your overall digestion issues, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I think that's important uh, to, Do, to know. But if you're going, if you, I know that that one researcher did the Twinkie diet, or was it right. Ho Hos or something, where a professor at University X, who cares, it's irrelevant, only ate Twinkies to prove a point. 
that you can still lose weight eating Twinkies. Obviously, you're going to be extremely micronutrient deficient and you should probably still be taking vitamins. But his point was, it doesn't necessarily matter what your calories are composed of strictly on an inverse out basis. Well, and another thing, I think you're like, okay, well, what should I eat? What's the best? And I personally think carbs and fat are always going hand to hand on battle. But for always, 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 the number one rule is going to be prioritize protein first because Mm -hmm. protein has the greatest thermic effect of all the macronutrients. It requires the most energy to break down, which means you can eat more protein and still obviously burn fat from that. Right. And I'm not saying if you eat protein, it burns fat, but you're going to have, you know, a higher thermic effect of, of breaking down protein than any other macronutrient. And carbs comes, I think, in second place over mm. fat. So there you go. So do carbs make you fat? No. Too many calories can make you fat, even though I hate right. that word. Too many calories can make you gain weight, no matter if it's composed right. of carbs, fats, or proteins. Yes, but I think having, um, and another thing we need to talk about with carbs, I think could, you know, lead into another myth that I don't even think is on the list that you Uh-oh. need to have carbs in order to, um, it, to gain muscle. Oh, the anabolic window. You are skipping myth oh. three to go straight to myth four, but we can skip and then reverse. Yeah, we, let's we can, do that because this kind of ties, ties in, in together here because. So if you guys don't know what the anabolic window is, it's this mythical Narnia land of having to eat 30 minutes post lift where your body is quote unquote most anabolic, which means you're going to gain the most amount of muscle within those post 30 minutes of lifting. Now, I Sarah's saying that very sarcastic and what I was going to say with carbs will kind of dive into that too. Yes. But again, there is some merit to that, you know, because your body is more susceptible post-workout to store those carbs in, in your muscles, glycogen, um, versus other parts of the day. And, and obviously, you know, protein, your body is primed for protein synthesis, breaking your muscle down, building up kind of so thing. Most so, but, oh. but I want to finish okay. because the, the differences that a post-workout meal can make are so insignificant, finite, minute. I, they're so small that if, if you prioritize that, in your day and you have a perfect post-workout meal every day, but the rest of your diet is crap, you're not going to have any sort of gains It's or muscle building. I hate the word gains because it's so bro-like. Gains. Yeah, but th- th- that's the point is, is sure, it can p- make a little bit of a roll, but it doesn't. you don't need to freak out like, I need to have my shake right now where all yeah. my gains are gone. So I think this, it's not a myth that the anabolic window is there because it certainly is beneficial to eat post-workout but in the industry i feel like it's very exaggerated well it's uh, the industry is ran by supplement companies and people love to sell supplement companies so if there's yeah. anything that, that people can do like magazines or or people that with or other agendas story posts you have to drink this product and this product post-workout or half your workout went to waste that is just fear-mongering and that's that's not right and sarah and i own a supplement company and we'll never do things like that so. absolutely not so but i was i was getting into you have to eat carbs in order to gain muscle yes and and that is just not true. You can gain lots of muscle on a ketogenic diet, low carb diet, lots of protein. I mean, I've done it for years mm-hmm. and, and had great success with that. And and what actually can happen is if you eat too much carbs, your body can actually become um, less sensitive to insulin. And then what will end up happening is, is you're going to have 
uh, a poor intracellular signaling for protein synthesis because your body's literally been overran with carbohydrates. I know everyone listening knows what that means, but I don't know what that means. Oh, well, I mean, again, so obviously your body has to signal to stimulate protein synthesis. So if your insulin is all out of whack and you don't have good insulin response, so if you have great insulin sensitivity, which which sounds bad if you have, but it's mm -hmm. actually good. If you have great insulin sensitivity, you will have better responses to carbohydrates. Just like if you don't have an overstimulation of caffeine sensitivity, you don't need as much caffeine to get the same effects. Exactly. Okay. And so what will end up happening is people do this thing called a dreamer bulk, and it actually will hurt Sounds their game. awesome. <laughs> yeah, where they just eat anything and everything. Well, Oh, a dirty bulk. Yeah, that's the same thing as a dreamer yeah. bulk. And then they the common thing you'll see is they're just gaining fat and they're not getting stronger, or they're gaining fat and not getting bigger. Or they can't get as lean as they were before their bulk. Right. So don't do that. Don't, don't. go crazy with carbohydrates and do this bulking or be that permanent bulker. Is it called like a perma bulk? Perma bulk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bulking. bulking really? For life. Life when, bulker. <laughs> when have you ever cut? You know, try that. <laughs> that's that's kind of messed up. That's all right. We're minute, we're minute 12 in. So all of our fans are still here with us. Okay. They haven't given up on us? No, not yet. All right. Well, if you're still tuned in, thank you guys. It is late night over here late at the night. Bomar house. Yes, with Delilah. So we've, <laughs> we're have we kind of bouncing around, but to get back on track, the next myth that we wanted to talk about, and this is a super common one, and I don't know if it stemmed from The Biggest Loser, if it stemmed from a book, I don't know where it came from, but it needs to die right now, or at least be modified in some way. Okay. So Lay it on us, honey. Late night eating makes you fat. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. This is one thing that I've always said. Your body is not Cinderella. It can't tell if you're if it's 8 p.m. or if it's midnight. I think the most important thing with this myth, and I know Josh will agree, is that not it's not the time in which you're eating; it's how close to sleeping that you're eating. Well, at, at the end of the day, if you're trying to lose weight, you have to be in a calorie deficit. So no matter you, what time of day. So if you don't eat all day long, then you eat right before bed, but you eat a calorie deficit to your total daily energy expenditure, and which again we can get into to all that fun stuff, but. If you're in a calorie deficit at the end of your 24 hours, then you're going to lose weight yep. but no matter what time you eat. And so this is going to be different for everybody. I personally don't like to eat right before sleep because I don't sleep as well. Right. And neither will you guys. Like if you eat a lot right before bed, your body is going to be using a lot of energy while you sleep, digesting, breaking down food, sending a lot of blood to your midsection, heating up your body. And we all know when you sleep hot, you don't sleep better. It also you can't get into your REM cycle as easily. It's you just can have really messed up dreams, like very nightmares. Very messed. We have really bad dreams when we eat bad at night. <laughs> pizza gives me nightmares. I don't eat pizza before bed ever. So I think the myth isn't that eating late night. So like it's 5.30 right now and I'm looking outside and it's pitch black. Does that mean that during daylight savings time, your body knows a different time in which you can stop eating or is there some magical internal clock? There isn't some like, oh, stop eating after 7 p.m. Well, what if I don't go to bed till two in the morning? That doesn't make any sense. So these blanket, like all don't, don't in- Don't eat before bed. But they're, yeah. again, like I said, the goal is not to eat, oh, I'm just going to save all my meals and then binge eat and watch Netflix. You know, that's my plan. Well, again, you're not going to get as much sleep. So if you don't get as much sleep or quality sleep, you're not going to build as much muscle. So in theory, you could actually hurt your muscle gains and fat loss long term by condensing all of your meals right before bed because of the sleep quality. Right. Now, like I said, 
it's all about the calorie deficit at the end of the day or calorie surplus. So if you're eating a calorie surplus first thing in the morning and you don't eat again, you're still going to get fat. Yeah, you can still gain weight in breakfast. So let's give them a solution for here. I prefer not to eat within two hours of going to bed. I still feel like most of my food has, and that's a small meal. I yeah. and Again, some people like to build up to bigger, bigger, and bigger meals. I actually start big and then fade to smaller and smaller. It's kind of my yeah. thing. And, uh, and I do that for quality of sleep. I get all the blood can kind of leave my core area, not leave, but like does, does I'm not hot Yeah, and, and I sleep nice and cool. And I think if you're hungry, sleep. hungry too at night, something that Josh and I have been experimenting with for the past week or two is actually having fiber at night which can help you obviously satiate you, keep you full, but then hopefully combat those cravings at night too if you have them. Well, and if you drink um, a protein shake at night yeah. or something like that, it can slow the digestion of protein down throughout the night. So if you're trying to build muscle, that's not a bad thing. So yeah. we, uh, so, we've been experimenting with that and I've actually had pretty good results, honestly. So there you go, solutions. So our next, <laughs> our next one is... I don't have to count calories because I eat healthy. And oh my gosh, if I could get a dollar for every time I've been sent a DM about this, we wouldn't have to be filming podcasts. We wouldn't have to be posting to social media because we could have retired and we could have owned an island by now. So I've got an IGTV about this and it's one of my most popular posts. I think it's got like half a million views or something on IGTV. And it's it's a common thing. People think, oh, I'm eating healthy. So I'm fine. I don't have to count calories. And while eating healthy is great, kudos to you for that. If you're truly trying to lose weight, eating healthy is the first start. Counting calories would be your second start because there are so many high high calorie foods that are quote unquote healthy. What could those be? We went over this in another podcast, but things like smoothies, granola, fruit, fruit, nuts, avocados. Oh, I just had some nuts. You had 600 calories of nuts, Susan. That's not the most healthy thing in the world, especially because they're usually sorry. snacks. Sorry to all those Susans out there <laughs> listening. It's usually we love you, Susan. mindless snacks. So eating healthy is great, but if your overall goal is to truly lose weight, it's not a bad idea to start counting calories just to ensure that what you are eating is actually hitting your calorie goals for the day. And guys, I, I mean, not counting your calories and your goal is to lose weight would be like you trying to drive across the country and not ever check your gas tank. Yeah. And then you gonna, you're obviously going to hit a lot of pitfalls doing that. Yeah. Oh, I wonder why I ran out of gas. Well, because you didn't look at your gas gauge. Right. So <laughs> again, it, and, and this, I need to make this very, very prevalent for everybody. So if you're just trying to lose a little bit of weight. You, or just be healthier. You you need to be about 60 to 70% of your, uh, on, on point, like on your diet. If you're trying to get shredded, like super lean, super muscular, build muscle, burn fat, do the whole shebang, you're going to have to be like 80%. If you're trying to get to those those low single digit body fat percentages, you're going to have to be like 90%. So there there is a scale and and I would I, and I wouldn't say that it's linear, you know, it's more of like a, a bell curve kind of thing. So yeah. there is some there is some wiggle room in there like if you're not real serious about it. So But you also can't be upset if you're not seeing the results that you want because you're not doing 
the same work as someone else. Right. So if you're planning on getting super, super lean, you better be prepared counting calories. And what's really nice about food. counting calories, and this is something that Josh and I talk about with our clients often, a lot of people, oh, well, I count calories and that's really stressful and takes so much time out of my day. It really doesn't take that much time out of your day. Sure, doing it at first, as with anything, it can take a little bit of time. But as you get used to it and as you do it more and more and more, it almost becomes second nature. And you don't have to count forever, every single day. Even if you, like what when Josh and I are getting ready for an event or the Arnold and we start counting calories and we want to start dropping the body fat, we will eat the same thing every single day for a week. And then you only have to count calories once that yeah, week. It's not bad at all. So you're counting calories four times a month. It's really not that bad. And it saves on groceries because you know exactly what you need at the grocery store. And, and guys, like for Sarah and I, like we drink three of our meals and there are protein shakes from Bomar Nutrition. Sh yeah. Shameless plug. Plug, hashtag plug, plug, plug. plug. Sponsored? No. Whatever. So <laughs> so that, seriously though, so then I know the macros on that. It's not hard. I look and I'm like, okay, bam, bam, bam. Three of my meals are already accounted for and it's the same thing every day yeah. because most of our proteins have the same macros. So even though I'm not eating or drinking the same thing, it's still the same macros. So it's pretty simple to keep yeah. track of. So there's and, shortcuts. And again, I, I start tracking my stuff whenever I'm trying to get down to that four or 5% body fat. Wow. Can't relate. Sorry. <laughs> Whoa. So our next myth. So we actually did a podcast about this. So if you want to check that out, I think it was episode 11. Does intermittent fasting put me in a starvation mode? Oh, starvation mode. The S word. This one's Honestly, deep. this this makes sense. Okay. So like, oh, let's say you don't eat, then you would think the natural response would be your body to hold on to every calorie it can. It says, okay, next time I eat, I'm going to need to store as much body fat as possible because I am starving. I'm in starvation mode. Well, this makes sense. I mean, like common sense, but unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately for all of us, that's not how our body works and that's not what research shows. So typically what happens is whenever you you don't eat for let's say 24 hours, the opposite effect actually happens. Your metabolism boosts, you get all kinds of brain clarity and energy from this and adrenaline and I think it's neuroadrenaline and adrenaline start kick in. And this is a, a think about it like an evolutionary response. You know, if you're not eating, your body's going to ramp up a ton of energy. To you got to go get a woolly mammoth. You better go right now and hunt yourself a woolly mammoth and fight off saber two tigers because you're going to die if you don't get food. It's called evolution, folks. Yeah. So think about that. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So what actually happens is some great benefits from that. So moving forward, well, obviously people starve and die. So when does that happen? And the, the quote unquote starvation mode, when that kicks in is when your body starts burning muscle and protein for energy. So your body burns protein. So by doing that, it breaks down its own muscle tissue. So you're when catabolic. Your body is essentially eating itself. It's eating itself. When that happens, you're in some serious trouble. That happens about 72 hours. For most people that are listening to this podcast that are able to purchase a cell phone have never experienced true starvation mode. Right. Well, again, uh, so people do longer fast, 10 day yeah. fast, and there's, there's health benefits to that, but understand like the starvation mode, if you're talking about intermittent fasting, that's a 16 to 18 hour, yeah. you know, fasting window. And you are not, you're not going to be breaking muscle tissue down during that time. And actually your body preserves muscle really well at this. And you get more insulin sensitive, which is a great thing. So then your well, body talked about earlier. Yep. Whoa. 
And I mean, on top of all that, you know, you, you're burning fat and, and glycogen for energy. So this is a, a big thing that's actually good for people that I would encourage a lot of people to do. So don't be discouraged for trying intermittent fasting or thinking like you're going to lose all your gains. I mean, unless you're fasting for extended periods of time, you know, like 72 to 72 hours, three days, you know, that kind of thing. That's long fasts. I'll yeah. do two day fasts pretty frequently just because of cellular autophagy benefits. And, and again, I'm not going to dive into that in other podcast, but don't worry. You're not going to burn off all your gains by intermittent fasting. Yeah. And the starvation mode too is also kind of another myth that a lot of people are worried about. Oh, if, I, if I'm eating, but if I'm not eating enough, am I putting my body into a starvation mode? And it's not necessarily a starvation mode. It's more metabolic adaptation. So if you're only giving yourself a thousand calories a day, your body will learn to live off of a thousand calories a day. And that's not a lot. And it's not enough for the majority of the people on this earth. That's a great point because your body, again, it wants a balance of homeostasis, right? So if you are consistently only feeding it a thousand calories, it says, well, I need to figure out how I can run on a daily basis with only a thousand calories. So it does. And then you're like, oh, just kidding, body. Here's 2000 calories. Why am I fat? I can't figure it out. I'm only eating 2000 calories and I'm gaining tons of fat. Well, you trained your body to run off a thousand calories. So now you're in a thousand calorie surplus and guess how long it's going to take you to gain a pound? Three and a half days doing that. That's doesn't take long. Nope. So I, this is why it's important to make sure you're, you're dieting correctly and don't do things on your own. If you don't know what to do, hire a coach, Yeah. you know, and, and make sure it's somebody you trust. Yeah. Or or just keep track of, of yourself. You know, right. it's not You that know if you're not eating enough calories. Okay. Are you ready to go on the next one? Yep. This is a fun one. Women should or should not train differently than men. We are in 2019. Everyone's equal. You know, we should actually combine a couple of these. Like, how about we combine women should train different than men and women shouldn't lift heavy weights because they'll get bulky. Perfect. Let's tackle the bulky. All right. So take women, it away. This bulky is some lady. Bulky lady. So this is something that I get ironically accused of a lot is, oh, you're on steroids. Oh, you, you're bulky. I never want to get bulky like that. So I'm not even going to lift weights. I am here to tell you, one, I'm not on steroids. I'd be a lot bigger if I was. And two, I did not get the size that I am on accident. I didn't wake up one day and oh, look at these 13 inch biceps. Where do these come from? That didn't happen. Well, I mean, okay, we need to break this down scientifically for people to understand the basic chemistry that separates a man and a woman. And I know everyone already knows this answer. It's testosterone. And estrogen. And we have different levels of them because we are biologically different. Well, think about this. I mean, a woman only has about 5 to 10% of the testosterone that an average man does. And ladies, so, and that's why if your overweight husband just literally stops drinking soda, that's why he loses 100 pounds a week. Well, if you do that, <laughs> you lose half a pound. Okay. Well, th well, let's break down what testosterone does in the body. Just real briefly, let's do super it. brief overview. Well, it's in charge of building a, a lot of muscle. So it's yep. much easier to build muscle when you have higher levels of testosterone, which is AKA men, AKA steroids is all pretty much that is, is your body getting, you know, synthetic hormones and allowing it to, to, to build a lot of muscle. So again, testosterone, we all have it. Some women have it more naturally than others. So they, they sure will, do. they will build muscle more easily. Is that, a, is that the right? More easily. Yeah. Yeah. Easier. Okay. 
easier yep. whatever yep you guys know what I'm, <laughs> you know you know what i'm talking about out there but no so the point is is yeah sure they'll build muscle easier which is why it's important to not compare yourself to others yes like a sarah bomar that's got giant bulging arms that has worked for on them for six years <laughs> yeah i know so you actually didn't have i a, don't have a, a lot natural, of extra like, testosterone right and so what happens is is you look at sarah it's it's a long grueling process to build a lot of muscle ladies you're not going to wake up one day look in the mirror and be like oh my gosh i'm bulky and i hate myself it's a very slow process and the beauty of it if you don't want your legs to get any bigger stop lifting them yeah you don't get bulky by accident i like, didn't get this body without intent i think that's so important is that women in order to get bulky, and what, what I'm talking about when I say bulky is like physical muscle mass, not necessarily size, because you can get bulky by gaining weight. And that's well, not and, the bulk that we're talking and about. And also, here. I mean, if you gain muscle like you and you packed on, you know, 15 pounds, like it probably wouldn't look that great. Right. You know, because you have a lot of muscle mass. But if you keep a lean physique and, and decent on your diet, you know, it looks yeah. really good. No woman that is out there saying, I want to be skinny fat. Yeah. They all have this dream of a bubble butt that defies gravity and tank top arms. Ooh, look, my shoulders are capped. I, I want to be toned with air <laughs> quotes. But that's all they're saying is they want to be lean and fit. I want muscle mass and I want people to see the tonality of my muscles. If you want to look athletic, you're going to have to train like an athlete. Period. Plain and simple. Period. But the whole point of this, men have more testosterone than women. So women do not fear the weights because you're afraid of getting bulky. I hope in 2020, this myth goes away completely or if it sticks around that's fine you girls can stick to the cardio machine and keep the dumbbells Put open for the rest the of pink us weights down people yeah. ladies out there pick up the dumbbells the heavy ones and start lifting some heavy weight you aren't going to get bulky if you want to look like an athlete which most women do a lean fit physique you need to lift heavy weights. That needs to be a priority. That needs to be the number one staple in your diet, lifting heavy weights. And what's heavy weights, Josh? Thanks for asking. That's a great question. And it's different for everybody. So again, heavy weights is what you can do no more than eight to 10 reps. If you can do it more than 10 reps, it's not heavy enough. And if you can do it less, then it's too heavy. Well, yeah, five, four, five four to tips. 10, five yeah. to 10 reps. So I, I wanted to mention too about the whole women, yada, yada, yada. The more muscle you have, the more calories you actually burn throughout the day, which is great because that means you get to eat more and who doesn't want to eat more. So that's why if you look at someone, oh, she's so muscular, but how can she eat that? Well, one, you're only seeing one meal that she's eating. And two, because she does have a lot of muscle, it requires more calories burned to do the simple daily tasks that everyone has to do. So don't fear the weights because the muscle equals more food. I love it. But part two of that myth was women should train differently than men. False. Train the same. Lift the weights. And honestly, your your boyfriend or dude will probably find it attractive. You're going over there and busting out some bench press or whatever. Do it up. You don't have to train differently just because you're a female. Your body will react differently than a man. Now, I, pr I have to confess, you'll probably lift glutes more than me. And you lift chest more than me. True. So, so there and traps. Maybe there is a difference. <laughs> the whole podcast is just being debunked. It's whatever you want to look like. So if you want big monster traps like Josh, then lift traps. If you don't want big monster traps, don't make it a priority in your training. Oh my gosh, we cracked the code. Okay, what? We, have, we have three more myths to go. Podcast let's, is already half an hour. Let's do this. <laughs> Our next one is kind of ties into this actually is you shouldn't do cardio if you're trying to 
build muscle. So one, building muscle takes a long time. And two, I think cardio is important no matter what stage of, if you're cutting, maintaining, bulking, cardio is a great way to keep your heart and your lungs and your circulatory system healthy. And it can also, oh, were you going to interrupt me? I, I was, I'm sorry. Let me finish my thought. Okay. And it's a great way to to help you recover faster. So the better your heart works and the better your lungs work, the better you can recover during weight training and other daily activities. And it can help um, make you more insulin sensitive. So that yeah. obviously we know from earlier will help you build more muscle. Exactly. So obviously the cardio that you should be doing when you're cutting is probably going to be more than the cardio that you're going to be doing while you're trying to bulk. Those numbers are all going to be different for every single person. And don't think that you have to be on the Stairmaster for it to be considered cardio. A lot of people, when they weight train, their heart rate gets high enough to be considered some form of cardio. Yeah. Like if you're doing CrossFit, you know, I mean, that's... That's cardio and weights. Right. So you're kind of doing both there. So So just think of it as overall health, not necessarily a way to burn more calories in essence. Okay. Moving on. Second to last myth. Ooh, this is a fun one. You have to confuse your muscle for it to grow. This is a muscle-confusing training I'm program. I'm so confused by this myth. All right. Well, uh, so we're, we're poking fun here. We're having some fun, guys. <laughs> so there actually is a lot of science that backs that up and uh, some truth to it. So let's kind of dive in how a muscle grows. I think that's kind of important. Let's do it. Well, muscle grows based on tension. So the more tension, it triggers more growth. Pretty simple. So, but so technically, I guess you could do like the same 10 exercises over and over and over again and stimulate growth. Boring. Yeah. Who, who wants to do that? But what other people don't realize is there's different pathways and and planes of motion that you can operate in that your brain communicates with your muscles. So for example, if you do an overhead squat, that may be unbelievably challenging on your body and you'll start sweating and doing all kinds of crazy, you know, things. And you're like, what is going on? I'm all shaky and I'm just holding a, a PVC pipe. What is happening here? I can back squat 300 pounds or something. Yeah. And so that, again, that's working in a different plane of motion. Your body's having to do a lot more and that would be quote unquote confusing, confusing to the body. So, but is that necessary for building muscle? The answer is no, it is not. But can it make you a better athlete? Can it make you, you know, more agile? It can help you in other lifts as well. So if you're stronger in one lift, it might also help you in another lift as well. So confusing your body and your mind, really, you're not confusing the muscle. The muscle operates the same way every time. You know, it, it does one of three things. It's either going to do an isometric contraction, a cocentric contraction, or an eccentric contraction. So it's got three different contractions it's going to do, and that's what it does. And it has two different types of fibers that it's going to do those three things in. Yes. So it, it's pretty simple. Now, how your brain communicates to that muscle is where the confusion really comes in. So if you're trying to do a handstand, for example, your body is not used to balancing while also stimulating that muscle to to hold the weight of your body. So that is going to be another plane of motion. Trying to do multiple planes at the same time gets very confusing and it can be very hard and challenging. So as you get better with those multiple planes of motion and confusing exercises, again, my hands, air quotes, mm-hmm. you know, you'll, you'll become a better athlete. Like you'll see me doing like muscle ups and weird, crazy stuff. And that's because I train a lot in these weird planes of motion. I do all kinds of crazy stuff because my goal is not to be some meat sack walking around that's inflexible and unathletic. 
You know, I don't just want to be able to move heavy weight. I want to move my body weight. I want to be able to do crazy stuff and be an athlete, not just a big weight mover. And that's why, too, a lot of people, you know, they'll they'll do something new. They'll do hot yoga when they aren't used to it, or they'll do some sort of aesthetic movement when they're used to just lifting weights. And they get way more sore from doing the thing that they're not used to doing, and that's exactly why, because your body is operating in that different plane. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's just, again, it's it's challenging to your body and your body freaks out and, and adapts. Biomechanically, you can manipulate all kinds of light weights to challenge a muscle that normally could handle tons of heavy weight. Yeah. But because you put yourself in a biomechanical disadvantage, now it's just as challenging to that muscle and it, it can stimulate growth and all kinds of fun stuff. So there is some element of truth to um, you need to confuse the muscle to grow, but it's over-exaggerated in the industry. It's more for having something fun to look forward to in the, in the gym. Some people, you know, have traps that take over every exercise. So by, they can never get to their shoulders because their traps do all the work, or that maybe they're trying to hit their chest, but their shoulders do all the work. So certain exercises can put you in a biomechanical advantage to only target a certain exercise. That's kind of where it comes in or target a certain muscle group, I should say. That's where it comes into being important in your training program. Not necessarily because it's scientifically proven to build more muscle. That's just not technically true. Right. So our last myth, which is a fun one, is I am afraid to lift because I don't want my fat to turn into muscle. And then the adverse, I don't want to stop lifting because I don't want my muscle to turn into fat. All right, guys, this is two totally different substances. Like, it, you, you can't... It's like your fingernail turning into your liver. Yeah, that, that's not going to happen here. There's no trans... I think it's like called a transmogrification or something. Sounds right. Where it's like some magical transformation. And it's just... That just doesn't work. I'd like my fat to be turned into a million dollars. Yeah, that's literally the same... That's literally just as possible as right. turning into muscle. So what happens is, is when you gain a lot of muscle... Your total daily energy expenditure, which is basically how many calories you burn per day, go up because you're carrying around more mass. Right. So your calories go up. You typically eat more. Like if you were just to only eat when you're hungry, you'll pretty much stay the same. Yeah. Like because that's what your body likes. It doesn't want to gain weight, doesn't want to lose weight. And it typically, if you only ate when you're hungry and stopped eating when you were just starting to get full, you would just stay the same. And what happens is people overeat, blah, blah, blah. But that's not the point. The point is, is you have all this extra muscle, right? And so you have all this muscle. But I don't want my muscle to be on top of my fat either. So what happens is when you stop training, you stop stimulating this this stressful environment to your body. So your body says, I don't need this extra muscle. The muscle goes away. But you but still eat the same. Bingo. That's what happens. And then they get fat. But be my muscle turned into fat. No, it didn't. Nope. No, it didn't. Sorry. You, you just were eating the same as you did whenever you were training like a beast. That's why you see ex-athletes. Oh, I wish I could eat like I did when I was star of my football team in high school. Well, when you were the star of your football team in high school, you were doing two a days, you were weight training, you were doing a ton of cardio, and now you still think you can eat the same, but you can't. Nope. So you're going to gain a lot of fat. So again, you, you have to remember that that it is two totally different substances and you cannot turn your muscle into fat. Or and vice versa. Now, if you are overweight and you're like, but I also want to build muscle, what should I do? Well, you should cut first. Yeah. And once you cut and you get leaner, you will build muscle more easily. This is a total different podcast, but just we'll, we can dive into this later in a different one. I don't want to get off on this tangent. Yeah. But if you can build muscle when you're leaner, going through your bulk. So get lean first. But you can get lean 
by lifting weights as well. So I don't think, I think you just have to do cardio. I think weightlifting is always a priority because again, the yeah. more the more tissue you have, the more uh, the higher your metabolism will be. But for the myth, you cannot turn fat into muscle and you cannot turn muscle into fat just like I can't turn my fingernail into my liver. So that was all of our myths that we had from you guys. And we really hope that you enjoyed this podcast. And if we missed any myths that you'd like us to answer, please let us know. You can always DM us and maybe we'll have to do a myth part two if we get a lot. Yeah. Thanks guys.